Go get them, brave. This is Earl Gillespie, along with my smiling sidekick, Blaine Walsh, inviting you to join us in recapturing the spine-tingling excitement of Milwaukee Braves baseball, the many memorable moments which have provided thrill after thrill to you fans. And it is to you, the loyal Milwaukee Braves fans, that this nostalgia-packed album is enthusiastically dedicated. Without your tremendous and consistent support, our Braves might never have risen to the great heights herein highlighted and brought back for you to Peace Forever. The Big Red Letter Day came on March 8, 1953. The news spread like wildfire. Milwaukee had become Major League. Enthusiasm ran high. Civic celebrations, parades, and welcome demonstrations were the order of the day as impatient fans waited for their big moment. And what a moment it was. Milwaukee's first official Major League game. A tightly fought duel between the Cardinals and Braves in jam-packed Milwaukee County Stadium. An extra inning affair that saw the score tied at 2-all as the Braves came up to bat in the last of the tenth. Do you remember? Will you ever forget? Here's Jerry Bruton leading off for the Braves. Bullet Phil, outstanding young rookie center fielder. Jerry Staley on the mound for the Cardinals. Gets his sign. Starts it on the windup. Here's the trick. Billy tracks a long drive to deep right field. Back, back. Enos Slaughter racing back. Leaps high at the wall. The ball's off. Slaughter's glove. Out of the ballpark. Bruton slides in the third. No, wait a minute. He's being waved back to second. It's a ground rule double. Look, here comes manager Charlie Grimm. Waving his arms. Arguing with umpire Lon Warnicke. Now the umpires are talking it over. Now Billy is being waved around. And it's a homer. Home run for Billy Burton. The Braves win. Three to two. And that fantastic beginning keynoted a season of tremendous thrills and excitement. Spearheaded by unbelievable fan support, the charging Braves were thick in the pennant pursuit, along with the Dodgers, Cards, and believe it or not, the Philadelphia Phils. By June 3rd, the Braves led the league by a game and a half. Warren Spahn was enjoying a great year, which was to bring him 21 victories. But the big surprise was roly-poly Max Zirkant, who wrote a new record on May 25th. Remember that cold and rainy night? Max the Yaks really mowed down the red legs, fanning seven reds in a row when play was halted for nearly 40 minutes. The delay failed to bother Big Max. When the game resumed, he promptly proceeded to strike out Andy Semenik to rack up a new record of eight strikeouts in a row. A big night to remember. Another big sensation was the buster from Santa Barbara, 21-year-old Eddie Matthews. Off to a red-hot start, Matthews had 26 four-baggers halfway through the season. But he was still looking for a big first in the long ball department. Then, on July 12th, at Bush Stadium in St. Louis, it happened. Left-handed batter Eddie Matthews. Bases are loaded and one out. The pitch to Eddie, a ball that's outside. Ball one and no strike. Hal White. A right-hander warming up is going to be joined now by another right-hander. Ed Erod, I believe. Ed Erod. Two right-handers warming up for the Cardinals. Here's that next pitch to Eddie. A swing, a long drive. There he goes way back to the right field. A grand slam home run. His first in his major league career. The first edition of the Milwaukee Braves was a power-packed wrecking crew, and they put on one of the greatest blasting exhibitions in baseball history on August 20th in a Sunday doubleheader at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. 
the Milwaukee Maulers belted 12 home runs to set a new National League record for homers in two consecutive games. Were you listening? Do you remember? Joe on the count on Edcock. Joe has nothing for three. The pitcher swing a drive back in the deep center field. Going back is Frank Thomas back on this ball. Back, back against the wall. 436 feet. Here's a run scoring as Edcock around second base on his way to third. And he is going to try to score. Here's a play coming in the home plate. He scores standing up. Holy cow, to Joe tee off. They're calling it a home run inside the park. And then came that record-breaking blow by our old friend, Sid Gordon. Ball three and strike one. One out of nobody on the first half of the eighth inning. Milwaukee Braves at that. The pitch is swing a drive back in the left field. There it goes, back, back, along. Home run for slugging Sid Gordon. Number 12 in the doubleheader for our Milwaukee Braves. Besides Ed Cox and Gordon's blast, Jim Pendleton and Eddie Matthews each hit for the circuit three times. Johnny Logan twice. And Jack Dittmer and Del Crandall one each. There were a lot of holy cows that day, Blainer. And how the fans loved their brains. As the season drew to a close, Milwaukee and Wisconsin fans set a new all-time National League attendance mark of 1,826,397 patrons. So what if the Brooklyn Bums topped the pennant? Milwaukee had a special championship of its own. According to most baseball experts, without the enthusiasm of the fans, the Braves would not have achieved their fantastic climb from 7th place in 52 to their strong 2nd place finish in 53. Their first year in the beer and baseball capital of the world. The following year provided more and even bigger thrills for Braves fans who continue to jam County Stadium in unprecedented fashion. Now, the second chapter of the Milwaukee story was primarily one of injuries. Bobby Thompson, obtained in a big trade with the Giants, suffered a broken leg in a spring exhibition game. And popular Andy Pasco was beamed on opening day. And so it went all season long. Despite their miseries, the Braves put up a terrific battle and furnished some new and spectacular thrills, like this one, which took place on June 12th. Remember? Here's the wind-up. And the straight two pitch, a swing, a line drive down the left field line. It's a foul ball. Holy cow. That ball was fouled by about a foot. Willie Jones, lines one foul just outside the line. And Jim Wilson is still standing on the threshold of a Hall of Fame. It's ball three and strike two, two out. Pretty on base in the top half of the ninth inning. Milwaukee leading two nothing. Jones takes his time coming back. That ball was fouled only by about a foot. A liner down the left field line. Ball three, strike two. Crandall gets down behind the plate, giving out a very important signal right now. Wilson wants a new baseball. Infielder set, the outfielder set, playing Jones for a pull hitter. Ball three and strike two on Willie. Right-handed batter lifts his bat up over his head, lifting up his shoulders. Now Jim goes down to the rising sack. Gives it a squeeze, throws it down, ball three and strike two. Two out. Here's the windup and the big pitch. A swing and a foul going upstairs to our right. And it's still three and two on Willie Jones. Dan Shell is due to come up next. Jones backs out of the batter's box momentarily, leans over to pick up a handful of dirt, dries off his hands. It's been a hot day here on June the 12th. Temperature is 81 degrees. 
Here's the windup. And the 3 2 pitch. A swing and a ground hit to the second baseman. Picks it up. There's the fight to first. And Jim Wilson pitches a no hit game. Jimmy Wilson has just entered the Hall of Fame with a no hit game against the tough Philadelphia Phillies. Another memorable moment of 54 came on July 31st at historic Ebbett Field. Joe Adcock provided the thrills as he won on a batting binge, the like of which had never been seen. Was your set turned on when. Three home runs, a double, four runs scored, and six runs batted in for Joe. First pitch by Padres, the curveball is high and outside for a ball. Ball one and no strikes. The top half of the ninth inning is 12 to 6. Into the windup. The fastball swung on a drive back in the deep left center field. It's going back towards the wall. It's a home run. Joe Adcock has just tied a real major league record with his fourth home run today. What a one-man show by Jolton Joe. Adcock had also homered and doubled the day before, then maintained his extra base barrage by doubling the first time up the following day. And then came the beanball that sidelined the Cushada clubber for a number of days. And that was another in a string of injuries which included Eddie Matthews' split finger and Hank Aaron's broken ankle. Despite this run of hard luck, the Braves finished a creditable third, just seven and a half lengths behind the pennant-winning New York Giants. And again, Earl, it was the Braves fans themselves who accounted for one of the season's big highlights. Breaking their own attendance record and showing up two million strong at County Stadium. The first time ever that a National League team clicked the turnstiles to the tune of two million. The 55 flag chase really started with a flourish. Were you a fan in the stands on that opening day which provided one of our greatest thrills? Remember how it went? The Braves trailed 2-1 to one in the 8th, and the situation called for a pinch hitter for Warren Spahn. And thus it was that young Chuck Tanner made his Major League debut. Now let's see if Warren Spahn is coming out. I believe here comes Chuck Tanner. Chuck Tanner is going to bat for the pitcher Warren Spahn. A rookie up from Atlanta of the Southern Association where he had a tremendous year. Chuck Tanner is making his first appearance in a Major League ball game. He's an awfully nice jockey. And a good hitter. He had a good spring. Here's Chuck who last year hit 323 at Atlanta with 20 home runs and 101 runs batted in. A left-handed swinger. With one out of nobody on base. Gary Staley, the right-hander, is ready. Here comes the first pitch, and Chuck swings at the line drive down the right field line, back towards the wall. Hold on, his first time up in the major league. How dramatic can things get? In 55, Milwaukee was all agog over hosting his first all-star game, and the Braves were well represented by Del Crandall, Warren Spahn, Johnny Logan, Ed Matthews, Henry Aaron, and lean, lanky Gene Conley. Do you recall Conley's memorable mound stint in the 12th inning? Two outs to nobody on base. Conley's first pitch to Al Rosen. Swung on and lane foul down the third baseline. It's like one. The National League outfield playing deep and towards left for Al Rosen. Al was hampered quite a bit last year by an injury to his one of his fingers. A strike one count. Five to five in the top half of the 12th inning. 
Conley leading way over, getting his sign from Lopata. Strike one count. The pitch to Rosen. Curve misses inside. It's even up at ball one and strike one. Ball one, strike one. Shadows lengthening out here at Milwaukee County Stadium have now practically obliterated the infield. So the wind-up on the one-on-one pitch, Rosen trying to hold up on his swing. It's a strike and it's one and two. Conley looks like he has that good curveball breaking for him this afternoon. As the American Leaguers, the first three to face him here, been reaching off for the pitch. Ball one, strike two, two out. Nobody on base. Rosen set him about his box. Straight away stands. The pitch. Fastball is high and it's even up. Ball two, strike two. Five, five ball game. Ball two and a strike two. Down and Al Rosen. Conley delivers. There's a swing and a miss and he struck out the side. There was no stopping the Dodgers that year, and they won going away by 13 and a half games. A significant note occurred at season's end with the signing of Fred Haney as coach for the coming year, a year which was to be marked by fun, frenzy, and finally, frustration. The big moment of 56 came on June 17th, when popular Jolly Charlie Grimm resigned and Fred Haney took over the managerial reins. Haney's debut was a dramatic one as the Braves dumped the Dodgers in a doubleheader. Again, Joe Adcock set the pace with three homers, one of them a real tape measure job. Adcock, big, powerfully built right-handed batter, and Ed Lobach's first pitch is way inside, comes back to the screen at the ball. Ball one and no strike. No strikes to count on. Go ahead, Doc. Outfield deep to the left. There's a swing and a long one. Whoa, that one's way, way up there. And I'm maybe on the roof. It's on the top of the roof here at Evans Field. Up over the roof at Evans Field. A double deck. Boy, what a slam by Joe Adcock. And it's five to four. And I think that's the first time that's ever been done in the history of Evans Field. The Braves went on to take 11 straight and became king of the hill. Bulwark of the Braves' surge was ageless Warren Spahn, who marked a major milestone midway in the final month of the campaign. Warren Spahn, the left-hander, stretches. The one and two pitch, the swing and a ground ball to the third baseman. The peg is second base out, over to first base, double play, and there are two outs. A double play. Teddy Matthews to Danny O'Connell to Joe Adcock. And that's the gamble a manager will take with his power hitter up there. And having him cut away, there's the danger of a double play ball and then a hit into the double play. Third to second to first. Now here is right fielder Jim Greengrass who homered in the second. Has grounded out twice and walked. One for three, a right-handed batter who swings as they pop up in the infield. Joe Adcock coming down, calling for it. Makes the touch. The Braves win a doubleheader, and Warren Spahn just dropped up his 200th major league victory, and the boys are mobbing him out here in front of the plate. The 56 race went right down to the wire. 
And on the second last day of the season, the Braves met the Cardinals in a must game. We came close. Oh, how we came close. But it was not to be. Remember how you felt the night of September 29th? Strike one count on Musio. Score is tied at one and one in the last half of the 12th inning. Here's the next pitch. Change up a swung on it. The line drive in the deep right center field. Went back up there against the wall. Played off the wall by Bruton. Here's the peg into the infield. And Musial goes sliding into second base. Sam Musial comes up with his first base hit tonight. At a very opportune time for the St. Louis Cardinals. As he lines a double to deep right center field. And that is only the fourth base hit off Warren Spahn. So St. Louis now has the winning run on second base with only one away. The batter is third baseman Ken Boyer, and he is going to receive an intentional walk. A time is called by the home plate umpire, Frank Dascoli. Boyer, who has one for four, is receiving an intentional walk. It'll bring up the left fielder, Rip Rapolsky. Now we're ready to go. Time back in. First pitch, high outside, ball one, as Boyer is receiving the intentional walk with first base open. Ball two. Here is ball three. And ball four. So Spawn, for the first time since the sixth inning, is in real trouble. That's his second walk of the ball game. In 11 and one-third inning. That's an intentional walk. Musial's double forcing the walk. With Boyer up there. Now here is Rip Rapolsky. And Rapolsky has nothing for four. He has slide to right. Popped to the first baseman. Grounded to short and was safe on a fielder's choice. St. Louis runners at first and second base with one man out. The first pitch to Rapolsky is high outside, a ball. One to one in the last half of the 12th inning. Ball one and no strikes on Rapolsky, Wally Moon on deck. Musial on second base. Ken Boyer on first base. Vaughn looks back over the left shoulder. The one-nothing pitch is swinging a ground ball at deep third. Gets off the leg of Eddie Matthews, rolls in a foul territory. Here is the winning run scoring. And the ball game is over. And with it might go the National League credit for 1956. Again, you fans showed your loyalty, turning up 20,000 strong to welcome back the boys from their ill-fated St. Louis jaunt. And on everyone's lips were the words, wait till next year. <laughs> Stove League blazed brightly that winter as both the Braves and you fans camped to the bit, waiting for the 57 season to roll around. The Braves started off in typical fashion behind the mound mastery of Lou Burdett. Burdett stretches, delivers, they swing a ground ball to the shortstop. Johnny Logan picks it up over to second base. The ball game is over. And Lou Burdett just hurled a magnificent shutout, duplicating his feat of 1956 when he shut out the Chicago Cubs. Here in the ninth inning, for the Red Legs, no run. One hit, no errors, and one man was left on base. As Wally Post forces Pete Wizard at second base, Logan to Danny O'Connell. So the final score, Milwaukee 1, 
Cincinnati, nothing. The 57 race was a real dogfight with no less than five teams hanging tough and tight. Again, the Braves were hard hit by injuries, but they had a golden touch in coming up with replacements. Hero of the year was an unknown from Wichita, whose fabulous hitting spree kept the Braves' pennant hopes alive. Remember him? Remember a guy called Hurricane Bob Hazel? Ball two, strike one. And he's been doing just that. And of course, he has brought a smile and a big wide smile to the face of our general manager, John Quinn. What is on first and second base with one out? The 2 1 pitch, they swing and they drive back in the deep right center field, going back towards the wall. That bracket is a home run for Bob Hazel. Hazel hit one to the scoreboard to the right of it over the fence. A tremendous drive. He now has six runs batted in today, and Milwaukee has a 7 nothing lead. The hurricane continued to howl in fantastic fashion. Bob Hazel, left-handed batter, facing the right-handed Kirk Lown. The one and two pitch, and it's just outside, ball two. At the end of six innings, Cincinnati four and the Cardinals one at the end of six. Ball two, strike two. The pitch. A swing and a drive back in the right field. Going back towards the wall is Wally Moore and it's a home run. <laughs> Bobby Hazel just hit one out to give the Braves the lead. Eight to seven. With the hurricane blowing up a mighty storm, the Braves cycloned their way to a five-game lead late in the season. Now it became a matter of magic numbers. A matter of not if, but when. Now the date is September 23rd, and the cards are in town. What a spot for sweet revenge. The game hand sweats its way into the 11th inning, and the hitter is hammering Hank Aaron. The pitch to Henry Aaron, a swing and a drive back into center field, going back towards the wall. It's back at that fence. Is it caught or not? It's a home run! The Braves are the champions of the National League! Henry Aaron just hit his 43rd home of the year! Holy cow! They are carrying Henry Aaron away from the plate! He just hit a home run over the center field fence! We did it! That's the league Indeed it was happy days for the Braves and their legions of loyal fans. And now the most delicious deal of all, the dream come true. The Braves playing in the World Series against the highly favored New York Yankees. Remember how the Yankees called us Bush and how he made them eat their words? The hated Yanks took a one-game lead over the first three tussles. And then came that dramatic fourth game at County Stadium. The Yankees held a 5-4 to four lead in the 10th inning. Bob Grimm checks with Yogi Berra. Up on the rubber, goes into the stretch, arms down. The 2-0 and pitch, a swing and a line drive, the left field, down that line. Johnny Logan, a great putt 
ball player just comes through to the legs as he winds a double down the left field line, and this ball game is tied at five and five. And now it's up to Eddie Matthews. Then takes his time. He's in a tough spot. Here is the 2-2 pitch. They swing and they drive back in the right field. Going back towards that wall. It may be. It is a home run for Eddie Matthews. The series seesawed to the seventh game, and all the chips were down. With only two days rest and the winner of two big victories, Lou Burdett took the mound in place of flu-stricken Warren Spahn. And again, Burdett was nothing less than brilliant. The Braves forged ahead. Parsons ready. He fires, and they swing a line drive to right field. Base hit. Here comes the Milwaukee Braves scoring. The ball is down deep in the corner. Logan is being waved around third base. He's pounding for the plate. Here comes the relay. He is safe. And then Blainer came that nerve-wracking ninth inning. The Blaze led five to nothing, but the ever-dangerous Yankees saved a big threat. Bases are loaded. Bill Scar on the batter, five to nothing. The Braves lead. There's a swing and a foul back. One strike. Scarin, who just returned to the lineup today, came on as a pinch hitter in the fifth inning, and he's remained in the ball game at first base. He's 0 for 2. Outfield around to the left. McDougal is on at third. Coleman is on at second. Tommy Byrne, the base runner at first. Hank Aaron is pulled around in left center field. The breeze is blowing across from left to right. For depth pitch, swung on. Line grip by Matthews is picked on third. And the World Series is over. And the Milwaukee Braves are the new world champions of baseball. And that was it. Baseball had a new world champion, and Bedlam broke loose in Milwaukee. There was dancing in the streets, and our town had the world's happiest hangover. The Milwaukee Braves, champions of the world. World champions. And like Alexander of old, the Braves had no more worlds to conquer. But in the great game of baseball, each pennant chase is a brand new race. And your Milwaukee Braves return to the wars in 58, determined to make it two in a row. And once again, right up in the front ranks, was a young southpaw by the name of Warren Spahn. Corner all the cliches you can think of. Meal ticket, bellwether, stopper, you name it, and Spahnie is the answer. Take the early part of the season, for example, when Warren got the green light against his longtime nemesis, those transported Dodgers. Count is even now on the rookie outfielder, Chuck Asijian. Ball two and strike two. One out here in the last half of the ninth inning. Runners on first and third. A swing and a ground ball to the third baseman. Here's the pick second base out. Over the first base. Double play and Warren Spahn's got his shutout. A double play in the last half of the ninth inning. And Warren Spahn just registered his 42nd shutout in a brilliant major league career. Another repeat in the 58 pattern. The Braves' pension for powdering the ball to kingdom come. Few thrills can match the excitement of a clutch hit. And the Braves provided many a thrill on many an occasion. Do you recall this one when Del Crandall climbed off the bench in a 3-3 three -three battle with the Red Legs? It's been an uphill battle for the Braves. They reached it now as they've tied the Red Legs. A swing, a line drive down the left field line back towards the wall. It is a home run over the left field fence. Or here's that man again, Joe Adcock, coming up as a pinch hitter. 
Tying run at first base. Here comes the next pitch to Joe. A swing and a drive back into left center field. Going back towards the wall. Back, back. Home run for Joe at second. The ball game is over. And when the big guns weren't bombarding, one of the lesser lights often came through to keep a pot of boiling. Remember a young fellow named Hannah Brink? This one happened in St. Louis. Small wonder they called him Hairbreadth Harry. Come on, Harry, straighten it out. Ball one and strike one. Boy, yes, that ball. Up on top of a double duck and right about 15 feet foul. Braves now have two runs on seven hits. The Cardinals only two runs and three hits. Score is tied at two and two. Ball one, strike one count on Hannah Brink. Pitch to Harry. A swing and a high drive back in the right center field. Going back towards the wall. Home run for Harry Hennebrink. And so it went throughout the 58th season. A continuing series of injuries failed to halt the Braves' pennant express. Bob Buell and Joey Jay were derailed. But young Carl Willey came up from Wichita to put the Braves back on the track. And of course, there was always Bonnie, who on September 13th racked up his 20th win for the ninth time in his career. A feat never before accomplished by a southpaw in the entire history of our national pastime. Then on September 21st, another memorable day for the Milwaukee Braves and their rabid rooters. Were you listening when it happened? Ed Bailey, the last chance now for the Red Legs. Deep in the batter's box. Here's the 2-2 pitch. There's a swing and a drive in the right center field. Bruton going over, shows Henry Aaron. Billy is calling. The ball game is over. The Braves win the National League pennant there. Gathered around John McMahon on the mound now as he retired the side in order in the last half of the ninth inning on a fly ball to Billy Bruton in right center field here in the last half of the ninth. Three up, three down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on base. And our Milwaukee Braves again are champions in the National League as they leave the playing area. They're getting a wonderful ovation from the Cincinnati fans who probably are yelling, don't take those Yankees now. Yes, the Braves made it two in a row as Spawn notched his 21st win despite heading for an early shower. And now, once again, the cry was heard, bring on the Yankees. Milwaukee County Stadium was the scene of the series opener. And what a ding-dong battle it was. Remember that eighth-inning rally that put us back in the game? Runner on first, not out. 2-1 pitch. A swing and a drive back in the right field. Going back as Hank Fowler towards the wall. He leaps. This one is out there for extra bases. Eddie Matthews running second base on his way to third. Aaron goes into second base. The throw gets away from the shortstop Kubek, but it's picked up by Terry. West Covington then came through with a sacrifice fly to tie the game. And we headed for overtime. Then, in the tenth inning... Stern tugs at the cap. Now digs in against the pitching runner. As a look back toward the runner of second, Joe Adcock, the stretch and the pause. A one-on-one pitch. Swung on. There's a line drive to a right center field. It's in there for a base hit. Adcock comes in to score. And there's the ball game. Let's go The second game was a cakewalk for Lou Burdett, who aided his own cause with a long home run as the Braves football their way to a 13-5 margin. The scene then shifted to the house that Ruth built, and the Yanks bounced back to take the third game. In the fourth, manager Fred Haney led with his ace, and Warren Spahn was again the master of old, pitching a tremendous three-hitter to win two to nothing. Well, the Braves got quite a scare in the fourth inning. Surely you remember that spine-tingling moment. Ball two and a strike one count. First baseman Bill Scowron due to hit next. Here's a swing and a drive. Deep left center field. That ball's going a long, long way. It is a off the wall. 
Here is Aaron chasing it down as man around second base on his way to third. The second of the infield. He goes in standing with a tremendous triple. Mantle held third as the second out was made. Then, here is the windup. 2-2 pitch. A swing and a line drive. It is knocked down by Saney. over to first. He is going a great play. Holy cow, what a play by Red Saney and Joe Adcock. Beautiful leaping fly by Saney. He knocks the ball down. It's over his feet. He picked it up. Adcock was coming over to cover first base. He went back into that bag, jabbed at the bag, made a scoop up of the low throw as Barrow went diving head first in the first base. On a great play to retire the side. Yes, the old redhead, one of baseball's all-time greats, and the man who helped make the Braves. The rest of that 1958 series, well, the news was sad, and there's no point in dwelling on the Yankee sweep of the final three games. Time now to look ahead to 1959. And Blainer, like the preceding years, this one had a full share of pages for the memory books. That night of May 26, for example, when you fans of the stadium were treated to the greatest pitching performance in all of baseball's long history. Harvey Haddix was on the mound for the Pirates. As inning, after inning, after inning went by, with nary a brave reaching base by any means or manner. Meantime, Lou Burdett was matching horse collars with Harvey the Kitten, and the game was a scoreless tie through 11 electrifying innings. And in the 12th, Haddix into the motion, 2-2 pitch, a swing of ground ball to the third baseman's left, he stabs it, here's a throw to first base, he is out, and that retires the side. And Harvey Haddix now has 12 perfect innings, a brilliant, simply magnificent pitching performance, another standing ovation. The tension mounted as Burdett blanked the Bucks in their half of the 13th. As inning, after inning, after inning, one five with Mary a Brave reaching base by any means or manner. Meantime, Lou Burdett was matching horse collars with Harvey the Kitten, and the game was a scoreless tie through 11 electrifying innings. And in the 12th, Haddix into the motion, 2-2 pitch, a swing of ground ball to the third baseman's left, he stabs it, here's a throw to first base, he is out, and that retires the side. And Harvey Haddix now has 12 perfect innings of brilliance. Simply magnificent pitching performance, another standing ovation. The tension mounted as Burdett blanked the Bucks in their half of the 13th. And then... Nobody on base, nobody out. Haddock delivers. A swing of ground ball to the third baseman. He's in fast. Big hop. The throw to first base. A low throw. There's the first base runner. With first base open, Aaron was purposely passed, and the stage was set for Jolton Joe. All one and no strikes to count on, Joe Adcock. The winning run on second base in the last half of the 13th inning. Into the stretch. Here is the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. Driven deep in the right center field. Going back towards the wall. Back, back. And it's a home run to Joe Adcock and the ball game is over. And Earl, that thrilling windup had us all up in the air. That's right, Blaine. The situation didn't get straightened out until the next morning when it was decided that Adcock's home run was really a double and that the Braves won by a score of one to nothing. Well, in view of the immortal pitching performance by Harvey Haddix, the Braves were happy to settle for any kind of a win. The 59 season settled down to a three-way battle among the San Francisco Giants, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Milwaukee Braves. The battles with the transplanted East Coast teams were always hard fought. And this June game with the Dodgers was a typical Donnybrook. Wise on third, Matthews on second, Aaron on first. Andy Papko in the batter's box. Batting at 209. Andy has nine hits and 43 at bat. One double and two runs batted in. 
He swings at the ground ball. A base hit down the left field line. This is for extra bases. One run is scoring. Two runs are scoring. And top goes going in the second base. Here comes Aaron trying to score. He scores. Braves management, always on the lookout to improve the club and please the fans, constantly maneuvered to bring in new players. You'll probably recall that 1959 saw Bobby Avila, Lee May, Ray Boone, and Country Slaughter appear as new faces at the stadium. Bobby Avila made a great debut, hitting a ninth-inning homer to whip the red legs and end a seven-game losing streak. But Bobby's biggest blow came later. Come on, Bobby. Drive down that right field line could win the ball game as it's wide open. Simone's way over towards right center. Now Simone's moving over to his left a couple of steps. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Low, a ball. One and two. Ball one and strike two on Avila. Ball one, strike two. Frolio's pitch to uh, Bobby, a swing and a drive back in the left field, going back towards that wall, now the left fielder, back, back, home run, a grand slam home run for Bobby Avila, Bobby. A tremendously important blast because as things turned out, every game was a must game, every win a needed win. The season's end found the Braves and Dodgers deadlocked for first place. Here at home, the Braves dropped the first game of the pennant playoff 3-2, and then came drama and disaster at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. The Braves put on a stirring rally in the late innings, and the score was knotted at 5-all in the 12th inning. Bob Rush was on the hill. Rush out in front, ball one, strike two. Dodger runners on first and second, but the Dodger runner of importance, of course, is the guy on second base, Gil Hodges. He represents the winning run of the ball game. Five to five time, the last half of the 12th inning. Into the stretch, Bob Rush. The one and two pitch. A swing and a chopper out behind second base. And it is picked up by Mantia for the first. And it gets away. Here's the winning run scoring. The Dodgers win the pennant on a throwing And so the Braves bid for their third pennant in four years went by the board by a whisker. But hope springs eternal in the hearts of baseball fans. And a new season was coming up. And with a new leader at the helm, Blainer, astute Charlie Dressen became manager. And a fired-up team was thick in the pennant chase just about all season long. 1960 was the year when everything went perfect for the Pirates. But you Braves fans had some mighty exciting times. Remember August 18th, the day Lou Burdett joined the Hall of Fame? A strike to Colin Bobby Jean Smith. Two out. Burdett has retired 26 consecutive batters. Burdett. In the center of attraction right now. Holding a great spotlight out there in the mound. Strike two count. Two outs on Bobby Gene Smith. Ninth inning Braves lead one to nothing. Burdett has his sign. Here's the windup. And here's the 0-2 pitch. There's a swing and a high fly ball to right. Come on, Henry. He's got his no-hitter. A perfect no-hitter. There's the catch and the ball game is over. Lou Burnett has just pitched a perfect no-hit, no-run ball game to beat the Philadelphia Phillies one to nothing. Nice going, Lou. Talk about embarrassing moments. Lou's masterpiece was not a perfect no-hitter because one Philly runner did reach first. Chalk up an error for the Earl. 
So who feels a thousand, Earl? The excitement of Burdett's no-hitter had hardly died down when just a month later, Warren Spahn took the mound in quest of his 20th win. Again, it was the Phillies. And talk about lightning striking twice. Warren Spahn starts the motion. Here's the pitch. There's a swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fifteen strikeouts for Warren Spahn. Fifteen strikeouts tonight. Two outs and nobody on base. We go down to the last man now, Bobby Malkmus. Malkmus is grounded a short, popped a short, and he's fly to center field. Tremendous strikeout total tonight for Spahnie. But that's not the big story right now. Ninth inning, two outs, nobody on base. Malkmus 0 for 3, standing outside the batter's box. The outfield's playing him around to the left. So is the infield. Second baseman Chuck Cottier on the edge of the outfield grass, lined up with right center field. The veteran southpaw, Spahn, into the motion. Here is the pitch to Bobby Malkmus. The swing and a drive. Hits off the glove. Logan in fast. Up of the ball. Throws the first. He is out. On a great play by Joe Adcock. And Warren Spahn has a no-hitter. Warren Spahn has a no-hitter. On a great play by Logan and John and Joe Adcock. Sixteen years is a long time to wait for anything. But Spahnie finally got his no-hitter. Was anyone ever more deserving of such an honor? The big win marked Warren's 12th season of 20 or more wins. Another chapter for the record books. And so our march of memorable moments moves into 1961. As we record these highlights for posterity, the season is still young. Many things are yet to happen. Baseball takes many twists and turns, but it never erases what's in the record. And the early 61 season produced two fantastic and fabulous highlights. Remember the bitter cold night of April 28th? Perfect for polar bears, but hardly fit for the precious arm of a veteran southpaw. Spawny's turn again, and his opponents are the hard-slugging, power-packed giants. Were you there? Were you listening? Batter is a pinch batter. Mateo Alou. Mateo Alou, brother of Philippe Alou, the giants' right fielder. Mateo's been up three times. He has two hits. He's batting at 667. And here is the first pitch. He bunts one. A drag bunt down the first base side. Spahn overthrows. He's out on a great play. Warren Spahn and Joe Adcock. And a cool way in the ninth inning. After that backhanded flip to nip a Spahn had one big out to get. Then, this is Amal Fatano batting for Sam Jones. And he's out in front of Warren Spahn. Ball two, no strikes. Spawny starts his motion. 2-0 and pitch. A swing and a hard hit ball to Roy McMillan. He bobbles the ball, comes up, throws the first base, and he is out! And Warren Spawn has pitched another no-hitter! Warren Spawn has just pitched his second no-hitter in his second consecutive year. And he's being mobbed out here behind the mound. Roy McMillan took that hard shot. It bounced off his chest. He picked it up and threw the guy out of first base. And Warren Spawn has done it again. As Mel Aller would say, how about that? After years of waiting, Wiley Warren turns the trick two seasons in a row. What more can be said about this man among men? You know, Blaine, it doesn't always happen that good pitching is combined with stout hitting. And when the two fail to click together, not even writing new records can win the game. Consider that Pier 6 brawl against the Redlegs down Cincinnati way. How well I remember, Earl. Bonnie was off the mark that day, and when the Braves came to bat on the seventh, they trailed ten to two. Frank Bowling continued his hot hitting with a line single to left, and the hitter was Eddie Matthews. 
2-2 pitch. There's a swing, a long drive way back in the right field. There she goes. Home run for Eddie Matthews. Now it's Aaron at bat, and on the second pitch. There's a swing and a drive to the left field line, back towards the screen, and this one is a home run for Henry Aaron. Line drive up into the screen, and Aaron just picked up his 10th home run of the season. Strategy called for a pitching change, and in came Marshall Bridges to replace the shell-shocked Jim Maloney. Adcock at bat. There's a swing and a drive back in the center field, going back towards the wall, it may be. It is a home run for Joe Adcock. Three home runs in a row tie a major league record. Wow, three in a row, and more fireworks to come. Popular newcomer Frank Thomas drives to the plate. 2-1 pitch, a swing and a drive back in the center field, that might be it, it's back towards the wall, back, back, home run, and the Braves have just set a new Major League record. Never before in the annals of Major League Baseball had any team cracked four consecutive homers, and it was our battling Braves who did it. Sure, we lost the game, but the four back-to-back blasts typify the thrills and excitement of Braves baseball. Well, as the saying goes, Blainer, you win a few, lose a few, and a few are rained out. But ever since hitting town in 53, the Braves have furnished the fans with untold thrills and have consistently been in contention. The passing parade sees stars come and go, but new faces keep the picture bright and exciting. A popular Andy Pasco reaches the end of the line, but along comes a young Joe Torrey to replace him. Trades may see us say farewell to a Billy Bruton or Joey Jay or Johnny Logan, but in their places are stars like Frank Bowling and Roy McMillan. The turnover is terrific, but the fun and excitement go on and on, and it's always great to be at County Stadium to see what will happen next.